Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of In the Game with your host, JNT. Today, we're going to be discussing each of our top 10 NFL quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, you know, Drew Brees just announced his retirement of the NFL, and we were kind of expecting it to come. I mean, he's he's had a pretty lackluster season. We could tell, you know, his his age was getting to him. He couldn't really push the ball, and, you know, it, it sparked a huge conversation. You know, where does Drew Brees rank all time? I know he, he had a great career in, in New Orleans, and, you know, he kind of retired in an organization-friendly way. You know, he saved them a lot of money. Yeah, you know, Drew Brees finally announced that he's retiring. You know, we were kind of speculating why he never said anything ever since that game that he lost to Tom Brady in the playoffs. You know, you could tell that it was kind of past his prime, and we know there was speculation on what he was going to do. We all kind of thought it, but, you know, he finally decided to retire after 15 years to the day he actually signed with New Orleans. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy, actually, because the Saints looked like they were in trouble with their cap and stuff this year. But, you know, Drew Brees, they kind of maneuvered their way out of it again. He helped them out, and they signed a, a contract with Taysom Hill that really has no risk to them. So, you know, what does this mean for the Saints, really, coming into this season? You know, who's going to be their quarterback, and uh, what's their offense going to look like? Well, it's weird, because I really thought that Jameis Winston was going to be their guy next year. I thought they were going to give it all to him and let him run the show, but... I'm kind of curious to see what the Saints are going to do. You know, they gave Taysom that contract and that's kind of, you know, clear some cap and they cleared a lot of cap with, with Breeze retiring. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here coming up. Yeah, it will be. And, you know, like we said, it's, it's a perfect time for us to kind of rank our top 10 all-time quarterbacks here and, and where we have Breeze in here. So uh, if you want to, if you want to take it away and you rank your top 10 first, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll take it away. I mean, we obviously, we arguably got the greatest of all time, pretty much almost in any sport. This guy does not lose. I got Tom Brady at one. I got Peyton Manning at two. I got Joe Montana at three. I got uh, I got Elway at four. I got Drew Brees at five. I got Aaron Rodgers at six. I got Brett Favre at seven. I got Dan Marino at eight. And then we throw it back to the old days with Johnny Unitas and Stallback ending my list. And yeah. yours? You know, I, I agree with that, especially at the end there. You know, those old guys, it's kind of hard to rank them, but for me, I got to agree. I mean, Tom Brady, he's the GOAT in any sport, any any team sport at least. So follow him, it's Peyton Manning. I got Joe Montana after that. I got Brett Favre at my four, actually. Uh, I got John Elway at five, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Dan Marino, Otto Graham. And then I got, you know, those, I kind of honorable mention them at 10, you know, Unitas and Staubach, name at those guys. Just because I feel like, you know, it's hard to, hard to rank those guys. You know, I mean, you don't, we're, I mean, we're both born we're, in 2000, so that's yeah, we're not watching the 50s years ago. Yeah, yeah so I, I agree. But, you know, Tom Brady, you know, started off, I mean, seven Super Bowls, MVP for five of them. You know, he's he's a winner. And especially after him going to Tampa Bay and winning another ring, I think he's proved that he's, you know, no question, the greatest of all time in this sport. Yeah, you know, he's an all-time leader in the quarterbacks. I mean, there's not, doesn't get anything better than that. You know, even if you just look at his victories in the regular and postseason. You know, he's got 21 more than Manning, and he's got 30 postseason wins, which blows everyone out by basically double. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Seven-time Super Bowl champion speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like 14 Pro Bowls, you know, he's first in passing touchdowns, and he's, you know, he's about to be first in passing yards. You know, he's Yeah, only... he's going to pass Breeze since he retired, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and he keeps re-signing and re-signing, and at Tampa Bay, like, it makes you question, is he going to play till he's 50? Like this guy just, he's not given up. And I think this is, you know, one of the most memorable things in sports and we're just watching it unfold right in front of us. So we, you, you never get to see a guy get to that age and still does what he can do, you know, basically no. blowing out 
one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in the last couple of years coming into the league in, in Patrick Mahomes. He blew yeah. it out the water. Yeah, and it just, it did. It showed his alpha. You know, it showed how dominant he really is in this league. A lot of people saw Mahomes taking over the torch already, but Tom Brady is not letting up. And this is, you know, one of the better Tom Brady's we've, we've ever seen. And it's just, it's honestly crazy to see that he's still playing at such a high level. I guess all that tequila in Tampa is really doing a good job for him. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Next up, we got uh, Peyton Manning here. This is this is one where a lot of people like to argue he's number one. I mean, I don't I don't see the argument. I mean, he's he's one of the greatest minds in NFL history. Two Super Bowls, you know, one with the Colts, one with the Broncos. He won an MVP with them. You know, he's won five league MVPs, and I, I like Peyton Manning, but he's he's my clear number two here. You know, I, I think Peyton has the greatest mind in the game of football. I really do. I think, you know, the amount of film he watched, you know, it really got his forehead a lot bigger and you could tell over the years, <laughs> but I mean, like, like you said, two times Super Bowl champion, five, a five time MVP. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty, pretty impressive. And, and I mean, obviously his teams weren't always the greatest and he always lost to Tom in the playoffs, but I mean, he, his resume speaks for itself to be the no, clear cut number two. Yeah. And like you said, his team wasn't always the greatest yet he holds like a 0.700 percentage, like win percentage, you know, that's one of the best in history. So I, I see Peyton Manning as, you know, I, I mean, I guess I see the argument for go, but the, the rings don't match, you know, and I think that's really important for, for these top three-ish guys. So Peyton Manning, like you said, one of the greatest minds in NFL history. I'm really excited to see, you know, if he gets into coaching or something like that, because because Peyton Manning is, is that type of guy, right? Yeah, you know, his, his amount of time he spent in the film room learning and studying and just getting to know everyone's team. Like, he would literally set up stuff for weeks in advance to play a team just so that he could screw them over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, moving on here, we got one of the the first guys on our list that we didn't really get to watch to play. You know, we got, we got to see Tom Brady. We got to see Peyton Manning. But Joe Montana, he's my three. I think you mentioned he's your three as well. Yes, he uh, is. This, this is a guy that you know, it was kind of in the conversation for the GOAT until Brady kept winning and winning. But, you know, Joe Montana's got four Super Bowls. He's got two league MVPs, eight Pro Bowls. You know, he's he's another one of those guys that, that dominated the league for a while. Yeah, you know, in the 80s, him and Jerry Rice just had that connection and they kept winning and they kept winning. Yeah. You know, he's a two-time MVP. Uh, like you said, he's never lost in, in, the, in, in, the, in the finals, right? He never lost Boy, yeah. in the Super Bowl, right? So, I mean, obviously the, the passing yards aren't going to be there, obviously. I mean, it was a running league back then, but his numbers were still really impressive for the time he was. And like you said, he was arguably number one until Tom Brady started winning around. Yeah, and that's, and that's just it. Like, you know, eight, 18th in passing touchdowns. I know a lot of people see that and get scared. But like you said, you know, it wasn't a pass-heavy league. And there's guys like, you know, Manning, Brady, Breeze, all these guys. Like, they're going to continue to break these records just because of the way the league is. But, you know, Joe Montana – you know, he dominated the eighties and early nineties. Like you said, him and Jerry Rice, like they, they put on a show. And I think that for a lot of people, Joe Montana is at number three. Yeah. You know, let's move on to, I personally have John Elway at four. You had said you have him at five, right? Yeah. I mean, this is where I think our list gets a little bit controversial here. You, I have John Elway. Yeah. At five. So you can, you know, give you a little input here first. Yeah. You know, John Elway, he threw for 52,000 passing yards and he was a two-time Super Bowl champion. You know, he won Super Bowl MVP as a nine-time Pro Bowler. And he was ahead of his time because he loved to run the ball. You know, he's one of the only quarterbacks to, you know, rush for 33 touchdowns and like 3,400 yards. Uh, he had a 16-year career, played a long time. He was really clutch. But I think what, what holds him back a little bit from being within the top three is he lost three Super Bowls. Yeah, 
that's honestly exactly I agree. You know, he's he's one of the great rushing quarterbacks ever. I think what is he fifth or sixth all time, something like that for rushing. And and it's he was a different breed, right? You know, back then it was pocket pass or that kind of thing. So John Elway's kind of one of those first guys to kind of change the the position a little bit. But I read a stat; he's one of the most sack quarterbacks ever, and he still put up you know amazing numbers. So I, I like John Elway a lot. You know, nine Pro Bowls two-time Super Bowl champ, but, you know, like you said, I think what's pushing me back from putting him higher is his his amount of Super Bowls that he lost. Who do you have it for? Let's talk about your number four. Yeah, you know, this is one, I know, like I said, it's, it'll get a little bit controversial, but I have Brett Favre at my four. I mean, he's he's my favorite quarterback, you know, ever, and I think he, he has unarguably, like, the strongest arm in NFL history. I mean, he was making, you know, throws that nobody else was back in the day, and it, it, it was crazy. I read a, another stat here, and, and Brett Favre, you know, led a top 10 offense in almost every single one of his years. You know, no matter who was on his team, he was always leading a top 10 offense. And that's crazy because that you don't see that every day, right? You kind of have up and down years, but Brett Favre was so con- consistent with it. And to me, he's the greatest quarterback in that franchise. Uh, I know a lot of people say Rodgers, but Favre, Favre's my guy. You know, he, he, he wasn't a very big Super Bowl winner. But he won MVPs, you know, he's fourth in passing touchdowns with 508 and he's fourth in passing yards. You know, he's, he's barely behind Manning. So I think him at four really, you know, resonates with the player he was. Yeah, I have him a little bit farther down my list, but I think the only reason that I have him down there is just the, the interceptions. I think that's the thing that hurts his legacy the most. I mean, three out of 36 interceptions is a lot. But like you said, he absolutely chucked the ball down the field all the time. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if I look at compare him, like you said, he's the greatest Green Bay Packer quarterback in your opinion. I have Aaron Rodgers just based on the numbers. You know, if I look at the numbers, I think Rodgers will catch up to him in most of the stats. And I think the thing that Rodgers will, will have above him, you know, he's a three-time MVP in Rodgers and and Favre. You know, I th- I think it'll be close. Like they're both pretty pretty much the same quarterback. I think Rodgers is a little bit better with not throwing interceptions, as we'll talk about later. Yeah, and I mean we could we could just get into it right now if you want. Like Aaron Rodgers. I think as his career is kind of going on, a lot of people are, you know, they kind of brag about his interceptions, but I'm starting to find that he's kind of scared to push the ball a little bit. I don't know if it's him worried about, you know, his, his interception ratio, but I think sometimes it's, it's just, you know, the Rogers we used to see, he was slinging Hail Marys and, and, you know, he, he had insane accuracy in the flick of the wrist and he still does. I mean, he just came off his third MVP at age 37, but to me, I just, I'm worried that Aaron Rodgers is getting a little bit too cautious and we're not seeing, you know, that gunslinging, you only live once kind of mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think just that happens with age. You know, you have to be a little bit more careful. You can't be scrambling and running around and extending plays forever. I mean, you can only do so much. Uh, I I have Aaron Rodgers ranked as uh, my sixth greatest quarterback ever. I think, you know, he's a Super Bowl MVP, one-time Super Bowl champion. You know, he's a nine-time Pro Bowl, a three-time MVP. And I think the most impressive stat of his is, you know, he has 412 touchdowns to only 89 picks. I mean, he was the first quarterback ever to have 300 touchdowns without 100 picks. And now he's at 400 and without 100 picks. Yeah, so. I mean, I have Aaron Rodgers at six as well. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers is, is crazy. And he, he does put up, you know, insane stats. He doesn't, you know, jeopardize the ball possessions. But you kind of mentioned that it comes with age a little bit. I think that that might be why I rank Favre a little bit because he was tough as nails, right? He played at that high, you know, that – tough level his whole career and I I think Brett Favre can come out of retirement and and compete at this level you know what I mean but I I like Aaron Rodgers at six I mean we both agree but he's I mean mean, the thing with Favre is I mean you want to talk about the Jets season or do you want to just skip that one 
uh, we'll, we'll skip that one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're both, they're basically 1A, 1B. Like, you can't go wrong with either one. I mean, if you're Green Bay, you've got two amazing quarterbacks for the last, what, 30 years? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and for Green Bay, you know, they've got, they're one of the oldest franchises too. They have some of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, from way back. So to have two quarterbacks in your franchise that are, you know, arguably top five, some, I mean, could argue borderline top three is tremendous, right? It's a great franchise. The thing is, you know, they get all these quarterbacks, but the thing with them is they just don't always surround them with what they need. And I, I really see that happening with Rodgers now. You know, you draft Jordan Love and you draft a running back in the second round and Dylan, yet now they just re-signed Aaron Jones and, and all that stuff that ha- that's happening with Aaron Rodgers' team. And, like, you see that back-to-back years that they lost in the NFC Championship. Like, I also think that hurts Rodgers. You know, his, his legacy. Being, yeah, in the top five. You know, it's, it's close. He's borderline, right? You know, I think that's why I'm not so high on Aaron Rodgers. I know, you know, like Aaron Rodgers should be winning more Super Bowls than, than he has. I think he should be at them. But you can't put that on Rodgers, although it does hurt his legacy. You understand what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because he, to get to the, the championship game that many times and, and continue to lose, it's it's hard to look at. But like you said, what are the Packers doing? You know, they, they're drafting a quarterback and then their quarterback wins an MVP. Okay. They draft the running back, but then they re-sign their running back. So it's just, it's, it's very confusing, you know, what's going on in that system. I mean, we thought it might've been a, a far Rogers repeat with Jordan Love, but it doesn't look that way. I mean, they're really investing into Rogers and it's, it's weird. It's weird because Jordan Love wasn't even their backup last year. You know, you draft yeah. a first round quarterback. You think he's at least a backup. He wasn't even the backup last year. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really like ruining the prime years of, Aaron Rodgers, and I mean this team that they have, you know. Yeah, they, you would think that if you have an MVP caliber season and you're absolutely balling out, you have weapons everywhere, you would think that you would get to the Super Bowl. But, like, that's back-to-back years where they have a guy that can absolutely light it up and it just doesn't – it's not enough. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like the year before last year where Aaron Rodgers had a little bit of a lackluster season where that defense kind of carried them you would think that they would go out and like you said, draft some weapons for Rogers, but they didn't. And it's just, it's really weird to see that because, you know, like we said, it's hurting his legacy and it's, it's really tough to watch. Well, when you draft your first three rounds, you draft backups, there's like no skill position. You, you draft a, a quarterback, a running back and a fullback in your first three picks. How does yep. that help your team out too much? Yeah, exactly. So, so who do you have next? You know, I got, I got Drew Brees next year. I mean, I think, I don't know where you had him ranked. I have him at seven and we, he just announced his retirement. I mean, we addressed it earlier and there's a pretty big debate going on where he's ranked, but he, he had his one Super Bowl champ and that was in 2010 against the Colts. And, you know, he's, he's always been a good quarterback, but I think what, what worries me about Drew Brees is he's never been the best quarterback. You know, he doesn't even have an MVP season, I don't think. So for, to see Drew Brees, you know, be good for so long, but not great. I think that's what, keeps him at seven I think that's what you know keeps people from putting him even higher what about you I have him borderline he's he's number five for me you know I have him right at that edge of five just based off what he was able to do like you said he never won MVP which holds him back but you can't argue that he wasn't one of the greatest passers ever you know he leads the NFL all time in passing yards until Tom will pass him this year but I mean out of the 12 5,000 plus yard passing season he has five of them you know he was able to sling the rock year after year and stay consistent you know, I, when I think of Breeze, I think a lot of Dan Marino, you know, he just never always was able to get there. You know, his team was never the best. And, and there were, there was times where he kind of got screwed over by refs and the yeah. playoffs and all that kind of stuff that happened. But I have him borderline top five or right at five. So I think 
you know, you can argue, you know, Breeze, Rogers, Favre, any of those guys are kind of all, you know, five, four, six, you know, they're all kind of in the same area, but I don't think he he's uh top three yet. I just don't think his career was good enough to make him top three. Oh, I agree. And I mean, like you said, I think the top three is pretty solidified until a guy, you know, maybe by the name of Patrick Mahomes comes in and demotes a guy like Montana. But I think after the first three, you know, rankings, it's, it's up for grabs. And I understand almost every argument, but I have Drew Brees at seven. I just, like you said with Dan Marino, it's, it's hard to rank a guy that hasn't won an MVP or I think, you know, Drew Brees easily has a Hall of Fame first ballot you know, career. But oh, he's going to Canton for sure. Based for off sure. Of yeah, do, right. Absolutely. But it's just, it's hard to me. It's hard to judge a guy who's been good for so long, but not the best. And, you know, like you said, it reminds me of a guy like Dan Marino, who I, you might want to get into next year. I have him at eight. You know, I got Dan Marino at eight because he was a great individual statistic guy. And he's six for passing touchdowns, six for passing yards. He won an MVP. He won an offensive player of the year, but he never really had, you know, that, consistent MVP here, MVP there, you know, two Super Bowl, three Super Bowl, you know, it, he, he has one Super Bowl. That's it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I have him at eight as well. I mean, he's, like you said, he was able to put up numbers from time to time, but like only one MVP and uh, you can't, it's, it's tough to rank a guy that's not even top five in anything in your top five. You know, I think eight is a good list for him because he's kind of in the middle of the pack. He's obviously good enough to be a top 10 quarterback all time, but he just wasn't able to do it all. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's the greatest quarterback to not win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, he has, like I said, so many individual statistics, but he, he doesn't have that ring to match it. And I think that's just what puts him at where I have him at eight. Where'd you say you had him? I have him at eight as well. Yeah, no yeah. Super Bowl kind of just takes you right out of the consideration of top five. Yeah, I agree. And that's hard because a lot of people, you know, make the argument, well, rings don't matter. You know, they look at Peyton and they look at Brady. Well, rings don't matter. Well, I mean, if you look at, at the end of the day, like, what's the name of the game? You know, you got to win. And Dan Marino just couldn't do it, right? He could get another Super Bowl. So I like where we have him at eight for sure. Yeah, you know, with Marino, when you take a look at a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, I even look at quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford and stuff like that. It's like they weren't able to get a team around them. The franchise yeah. just wasn't able to get it done. And I hope that doesn't happen to a guy like Deshaun Watson, you know. You want to put you want to put guys around a, a player. Like Marino was able to put it year after year. He tried and tried. And his team just was never good enough to get him to the to the championship and win. Yeah. And like you say, it's hard to see. And I'm glad that guys like Deshaun Watson are stepping up for themselves. You know, we saw Stafford's career kind of get ruined and, and we don't want to see it with Deshaun. So I'm glad Deshaun Watson's kind of, you know, sticking up for himself and saying like, you know, I'm not going to be a part of this, right? He wants the Super Bowls. I think he understands how important they are. So for him to want out is, is definitely a smart move. Well, I think that's the one thing that a big difference has happened, you know, in the last, I'd say even four or five years, a lot of people are, speak in their mind of what they want you know yeah. most people would just get what they get and that you just take what you get and now I think a lot of people you know they're opting out or they're saying I'm going to sit if you don't trade me or yeah. do this or do that and they're they're sticking to their guns and I think that's a good thing like with all the sports now that you look it at like I think in basketball it's a little bit too much I think football is a good medium where they're kind of like I think especially for quarterbacks if you're not giving a guy any options like what do you expect him to do yeah, I, I think it's just sports are getting political, right? Their opinions are getting out there and, and athletes are kind of stepping up and saying, you know, we're not just athletes. And for basketball, like you said, it, I think it's a bit too much already. You know, there's, there's players that sit out just because they're scared to get hurt. I mean, that's what, what's the point of playing, right? Like that's, you kind of sign up for that kind of thing. I hope the NFL doesn't get that bad. I don't think it will, but 
you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that they're, you know, kind of being more opinionated, but there's, there's a certain point where you kind of got to draw the line. And I think the NBA missed that boat by a long shot. Well, yeah. And like, I think about like players in the NFL, it's like the only reason I could see you sitting out is if your contract's coming up and you don't want to get hurt. Like you take a look at Le'Veon Bell. He did that, but look, look what happened to his career after he went to the Jets. He sat out for a year, missed out on 13 and a half, 14 million dollars, whatever the franchise tag was. He got his paid and now he's basically done. Like he's looking for a job, but what team's going to take him? Exactly. I just, I find it very ironic. You know, the NFL, you see these kids get drafted and you see all these NFL players preach, you know, Oh, I love the game. I'd give anything for the game. It's, It's not about the money but it comes contract time and you, you want to sit out or you want to get released because now it sounds like it is about the money. Right. So it's, it's very funny, I guess, to see, you know, you know, guys like Lev Bell who preaches how much he loves the game, but then it's, it's, it's all about the money at the end of the day. And I guess I'm not an NFL player. I don't know, but you know, it's, you're, you're in the NFL, right? Just be grateful for what you have. You know what I mean? Like I like what Tom Brady does. He spreads the wealth and they win. It's just, it's, it's becoming more and more a me, me, me thing. And I just, I don't like that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I totally get that. Like I see all these quarterbacks getting paid or all these players getting paid. And then you look at the guy that's winning the championships saying, nah, I'll take $9 million. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Obviously he's in his forties. So it doesn't really matter as much about the money and he's got his company and everything with him. But I mean, if you're going to win, you're going to have to build the best team. It's not just one person going to win you the championship. Yeah. And I mean, we saw that with Dak Prescott, like now they got to restructure their old line. They got to, so it's, it's a very just controversial, you know, thing now. And it's, it's, again, this is kind of tough to see, I guess. Who do you have at your number nine? Uh, you know, this is kind of where my list gets a little shaky because I don't want to disrespect, you know, those old farts that played in the fifties, sixties, but I, I just, I don't know enough about them. I mean, at nine, I have auto ground. I think that, him in the early stages of the league was crazy, right? I, I don't know a lot from back then, but Otto dominated. I mean, he what he won like seven championships, something. Yeah. And I think he made it made the champions like every all of his 10 years. So that's like one of the most winning players in sports history, right? So I think I, I just for the reason that I don't want to disrespect these these guys, and I don't want somebody with their old mindset in the in the comments or whatever to be mad here. But I just I have Otto Graham at nine because you know I just I don't want to go watch a fifties television film. <laughs> like it's No, just, it's just, it's not the same football, you know, yeah. they're running the ball. They're doing like, even if you watch those old clips, it's like, they'll snap the ball and they'll throw it like not even a normal pass. Like yeah, the, the stuff is obviously they're champions and they did the job that they were supposed to do then what the best they could. So you can't disrespect them. You know, I got a guy like Johnny Unitas at nine, you know, yeah. he's still a passer 40,000 yards. Uh, but you know, 20, 290 touchdowns, 250 interceptions. You're basically getting a touchdown to a pick every single game. Yeah. You know, he's a three-time MVP, he ten-time Pro Bowler. He won, he won the Super Bowl. Like you, ha- you have to put him in there because what he did at the time that he was available playing the sport and what kind of stuff they had. You know, look, you look at their pads, you look at their cleats, you look at everything they had. It's a different game. Oh, so you can't disrespect you can't disrespect the guys that played back then. But at the same time, you can't. Put a guy like him over a guy like Brett Favre through for 72,000 yards, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, like we said, you know, championships aren't everything. You can look at Otto Graham and say, well, he made 10 championships in 10 years. But then you can look at Dan Marino and say, well, he doesn't have a Super Bowl. Who's better? Right. Yeah. So it's even, even if, you know, Otto Graham had zero and it's just, it's, it's so hard to compare leagues from the 50s to the 2020s or the, even the 80s, the 90s, because 
the leagues develop. And it's just, I think for football, especially because football and basketball, I guess, have made such significant jumps. And it's just, it's really hard to compare these old guys to these, these newer generations. You know, you even look at like NHL. Like no one will ever catch Wayne Gretzky because of the era he played in, but you can't yeah. compare eras. That's the hardest part because obviously like we're lucky enough that Tom Brady is playing in probably the hardest era and he's still winning seven Super Bowls. Yeah. So yeah, that's why he's obviously number one, but you look at a guy like Richard, Richard Staubach or Unitas or Marino, like if, what if they happen in today's game and they had the modern day training and the modern day technology yeah. and the modern day rehabilitation and the equipment, like it's just so tough. See, and that's that's exactly it, because you can't take a guy like Otto Graham and say, well, he's not good because he didn't play here, because what makes you think he couldn't come to 2020 and get on all these treadmills and all this and, and not be as good, right? There's nothing saying that these old guys couldn't succeed. It's just, it's hard to to make that judgment between the 50s and now. It's just, it's really hard. You know, the areas that you can all pretty much compare anything from like the late 90s to now is, obviously the passing has been more pre- prevalent, but... Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty well the same kind of style quarterback, except for now the league's changing to more rushing, more pocket, not, not pocket passers, but you kind of have to be able to move the ball or run around a little bit, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's changed as of like very recently, right? Yeah. I think, I think honestly, like Michael Vick was very significant, but to me, like Lamar Jackson might have been more of an impact, I think, than this is a hot take, I guess. But to me, Lamar Jackson was more of an impact, I think, than Vick was. Just because Vick could improvise and then run but Lamar Jackson does something where it's it's designed and Lamar yeah. Jackson runs so many design plays that completely change an offense and I mean we look at Cunningham we look at Vic yes they were mobile yes they changed the game but I think Lamar really changed it because they built so many things around him and it's it's so much design running rather than improv- improvising so it's yeah no I definitely understand like you like we said Elway was one of the first to do it I mean yeah. you can even look at a guy like Otto Graham like you were talking about he was able to run around and move yeah but like over time it obviously has gotten more and more used and more and more abused especially now like you said with Lamar I think like I, I also agree like everything's designed for him that whole offense yeah. is structured around him being able to run the ball that much yeah. And I don't know how it's going to affect being able to stay healthy and stay in the league for as, as long as guys like Tom or Drew that have played for 20 years, right? Well, you, you just, you, you don't know. I mean, we can look at guys like RG3. He was kind of that new mobile flashy guy and he's out. So understandably it was a non-contact injury, but you know, it, it's, it's wear and tear. It's like a running back. Your short, your shelf life is short. So you're getting hit so often and will, will you be able to, you know, obtain that high level of play as such a mobile quarterback i don't know and do i think you, do you think the quarterbacks that are mobile will have as long of a shelf life or anywhere near a shelf life as a guy that's a pocket passer i don't i mean i hope that i can be proven wrong because i don't want to see anybody you know go down or have to retire early but i just i think that if you're moving around that much and unless they can develop into a pocket passer later on there's there's no way you can be uh, a design run quarterback for for 20 years it's i don't think it's possible no, I, I totally agree with that. Like you said, you know, as time goes on, they become more and more pocket, like more and more in the pocket. Like you obviously, like you said, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he used to run around a lot. Yeah. Now he's getting a little bit older and he's kind of sticking more towards the inside. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people think that the new, you know, meta for quarterbacks is that mobile. But to me, it's it's more guys like Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes. You know, they're still the pocket passer. You know, they're 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 present in the pocket but they can get out and then improvise 
Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like the Lamar Jackson idea. I mean, no disrespect, you know, he deserves some, he deserves the respect, but I just, I don't, I don't like that kind of quarterback. I think it's just too risky. And like we said, he's got a contract coming up. What do the Ravens do? Because will he be able to, you know, last even five more years? And yeah, it's, it's just, nobody knows. So yeah, that's the hardest part, right? You're going to pay a guy 160, $200 million. And then after a year, you know, he suffers an ACL injury and what yeah. can he do? If he doesn't become that pocket passer, like we've seen, you know, he struggles passing. Obviously he can pass and obviously doesn't have the greatest of weapons to work with, but you know, he's pretty inaccurate. He can't throw as well as, you know, in his MVP season, he played all right, but this year he took a step back. Yeah. And like I said, I, I really agree with the, the Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence guy, you know, they're pocket passers, but if they have to, they will move around. Yep. And that's just it. And like we said, you know, come five, 10 years, they don't need to be mobile anymore and they don't need to improvise. They can just, you know, throw it out of bounds or take their, you know, light sack. And it's just, I feel like a guy like Lamar Jackson will never fully be able to develop that. Even Kyler Murray, I'm very high on Kyler Murray, but you know, he's only 5'10". He's even smaller than Lamar and he runs just as much. So I think, I think Kyler's a better passer, but it's just, it's hard, it's hard to know if these guys are going to be able to, you know, handle this pressure and that, that constant contact and, and running and wear and tear. So See, I, I, when I think about it, I think a lot about Russ. You know, Russ in his early in his early years, he used to run a lot. Yeah. He led their team in rushing a year or two. Yeah. Like he was always rushing, and now you don't see that very much. Yeah. He but, kind of he's kind of stuck more in towards the pocket. Like he's still able to move around, which also causes a lot of the sacks that he gets. But you know, you look at a guy like Russ. He's also one of the guys that brought in the running around and and passing of the pocket and options and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But. And it's like, you know, we look at a guy like Vic and he, he had a short career, but I mean, who, who's to say he would have had a, a longer career if he didn't go fight dogs or something. I mean, I, but like I said, I just think Lamar Jackson is, he's, he's one of a kind in my opinion, because like, like we mentioned, no other quarterbacks have had design systems like this, where it's, it's, it's run first. And I think that's, that's to me, Lamar Jackson's the first guy that we'll be able to experiment and see with, because he's the first one who's really been designed to run this much so i hope lamar jackson can you know withstand another 15 years but i, I don't see it yeah like like you said uh, this is the first real of seeing the first time we've actually really seen a guy that can do this we don't like we even look at a guy like cam noon you know he's up there in age and look what's happened to him yeah like obviously he's still around for a quarter bit of yards this year but i mean most of them are around the goal line you don't see him running around like lamar does yeah, exactly. But, but like, what's going to happen to a guy like Lamar? Because we used to know like Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick and all them used to be able to run around a lot and do all these options. Yeah. Tim Tebow even used to I run mean, around. Yeah, that was the introduction of the, the options and stuff. I mean, it's, we're not we're not here to say that, you know, Lamar's the first to do this. But, you know, what we're, what we're just saying is, is nobody's really, you know, done these design runs from the 20 yard line. It, and no one's been able to. Kind of, and no, like, sorry for cutting you off, but I mean, no, no one has ever been able to do what Lamar does. Like you can literally know what's coming, but at yeah. the same time you don't, and you can't stop it. Their, their offensive line is so heavily pressured on running that like you have to, you have to always account for Lamar. Yeah. Usually in an option, you know, maybe once every game or twice every game, a guy will take it, but he's taking it six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I think that's what the separation between Vic and Lamar is because Vic you know, he had all those yards and it came from, okay, we're running this pass play. There's a hole open. And then he goes for 40, 50, 60 yards for Lamar. There's three guys in a quarterback contain and he still, it's a design run. He still gets out of it. 
So like we said, that's just what I think separates those older generation guys to these newer ones. And it's, it's going to be hard, I think, to break a record like Tom Brady's just because there's not that consistent quarterback coming into the league anymore. Yeah, like the only person, like it depends how Trevor does, obviously. You know, he could be an absolute bust. We hope to God he isn't because he's one yeah. of the best college prospects we've ever seen, like we talked in the last podcast. But I mean, you know, Trevor, like in, in a passing league, you know, we already have Pat, Patrick Mahomes throw for 5,000 yards once. You yeah. know, Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards. Like in the last oh, probably 10 years, you know, all those records have come, right? You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's just, you know, I, it's guys like Patrick Mahomes is already Hall of Famer. <laughs> if, he, if, if Patrick Mahomes retired today, he's a Hall of Famer. And it's just like there's potential for these guys to become the GOATs and stuff. But I just think that like the quarterback position's changing. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for these, you know, young guys to come in and do what Brady's done. Because again, it comes back to pay cuts, stuff like that. Like people don't want to win as much as they did back in the day. You know, it's it's such a me game nowadays, and it's I don't know. It's just kind of hard to see. And especially you realize this, like the cap went down this year because of COVID. And so Tom took an even bigger pay cut just so they could run it back. Yeah. Like he was already getting paid less than what most quarterbacks are getting paid. And then he took even less. Yeah. I mean, luckily for Brady, Giselle's, you know, loaded as well. He's got a supermodel, (laughs) supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, we're going on a little bit here, but we could just, finish off our number 10 i don't think i don't have a specific player here i just kind of got you know honorable mentions the johnny unitas the roger Staubach, joe namus to me those are all kind of the guys that i don't know enough about but i still want to give them the respect and they they're not to me worthy of going over my top you know eight guys but i still like to put them on the list here so i got you know unitas Staubach, and namus at my 10 like, like me i have Staubach, and like like i said for my honorable mentions like i could substitute any of these guys in like Steve Young, autogram. I mean, obviously, bias coming from a, from a Steelers fan. I have Ben there, but he's been able to put up the numbers as well. Um, oh, but Big, like, Ben's, Big Ben's been a great quarterback. Yeah, he's won since he came into the league. But so. I could never put any, any of these guys higher than nine. Like, all these guys are just – you could take one in and I wouldn't care. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's – I agree fully. You know, it's – you can't disrespect them and not mention them because they, they were great. But like you said, the league's changed and these, these guys aren't as good as our top eight. Like it's going to, it's going to be weird, you know, 20 years down the line, you know, after Patty had his career and after yeah. Trevor played for fifth, who knows how long and yeah. all these new guys that come into the league, like, are we going to be start bumping down Manning, Montana, Elway? Oh, are they going to be out of our, are they going to be eight, nine? Like yeah. all these guys, it's going to be tough to see what happens with the league, especially with how much passing is used. Well, just think our auto grounds of this generation, our kids, that's going to be, you know, Peyton Manning. Like it's, yep. They're going to be the kind of, well, I don't want to watch that. That's, that's old. Well, and it's, it's just crazy because they'll never know what these guys did because the, the league is, I'll be honest, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they're not that fun to watch. They're, they aren't. And it's just, I feel like those guys are, are going to get overshadowed eventually. But yeah, like, like you said, like, I, I have to agree with that. Like, you know, our kids, they're going to be, oh, I don't want to watch Tom Brady. I don't care. He has seven championships. Yeah. He's boring. He doesn't run the ball. He doesn't do this. Yeah. And like nowadays, when you think about it, all the athletes are super athletes. Like you throw any of these guys back in the seventies and they're just going to take off. Oh yeah. It's just a totally different game. Now. Yeah. Kids are prodigies. They're starting, you know, running on the, on the ladders, you know, the, the agility ladders or they're running routes or they're, they're, you know, stick handling a puck, dribbling a basketball at, at three years old. And it's just, yeah. 
everything's changing now so so much and these kids are like I said becoming prodigies that's so like so young and I think that's I, I think it's good because it's, it's making all these leagues better but it's just it's it's crazy because a guy like Patrick Mahomes has come in and he's already a hall of famer after a couple of years so what are we going to see in 10 years 20 years right yeah like the new kids that are coming you know I think because how much money sports you can get from sports, right? If you start a kid off at three, four, five, and you just make them work their ass off every day, you know, to their 16, 17, 18, and then they start going to college and all these guys and all these girls, all the athletes, again, no matter what sport you do, they're all training at such a young age. At my age, I wasn't doing anything. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's very interesting to see, but I got a quick question here, you know, on, you're a Steelers fan. I'm a Giants fan. Do you could you make an argument for a guy like Big Ben or Eli Manning to be in the top ten? I, I think the argument's there. Yeah, definitely. You know, even look at a guy like Philip Rivers. Uh, you could yeah. even put him in there. Like, obviously, like I don't think any of them won MVP. But I, I don't mean, think I don't think any of them did win a league MVP. No. No, but like you take a look at Ben and Eli. They both have two championships. Yeah, and they, I mean Eli Manning, like. Coming from a giant, he's he's got to be my favorite quarterback ever. You know, coming from a Giants fan here, but he beat Brady twice. You know, and no one no one's really ever done that. So say what you want. I mean, Eli Manning won. He brought two championships to to New York City. So I think that the argument can be made. And like Big Ben, he stepped in at a young age and he he won almost immediately. Yeah. So you know the hardest the hardest part is you know I think ten could basically you could throw any any quarterback in. Yeah. It's just so easy to like think, oh, I don't want to leave this person out of the list, or I don't want to leave that person out of the list, or I can't leave like this guy from the 70s out the list, or you know, it, it's so tough. They're so interchangeable. Like everyone's list could be easily different. But yeah, I think this, I mean I think the top eight are pretty much guaranteed for almost everyone's list. Yeah. And like we, we mentioned earlier, our top threes are the same. I think I think top one, two, and three, you know, it's it's Brady, Manning, Montana. After that, you could argue. Breeze is four. You could argue Marino's four. Aaron Rodgers could be nine. You know, it's so interchangeable. But I think after you know the top three are, are a lock. Yeah. After. Just yeah. based off of what they were able to do, you know, you got the you got the greatest quarterback ever. You got one of the greatest minds ever, and one of the greatest winners ever. Yeah, I mean, you got Super Bowl seven rings with one guy, MVPs with another another guy, and you got one of the greatest dynasties ever with another guy, right? Yeah, like you have all three. You have yeah. literally everything that you could want out of a quarterback. You put those three guys together, it's over. Yeah, for sure. And like you, like obviously you can throw a guy like Breeze or Elway or Rogers, you know, anywhere between four and or Farr, Marino, any of those guys can be between four and eight interchangeably. But I think yeah. after eight, about eight, you can pretty much throw anyone you want. Yeah. I mean, this is a little bit off topic here, but I saw, I was watching a video of, I can't remember who was getting interviewed. And there was an argument between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And it was, who's the GOAT? And one of the guys, you might've seen this. One of the guys said, Tom Brady is the GOAT because Peyton Manning was meant to be the greatest. You know, he came out of college. He, he was the, you know, but one of the best college prospects. And he was kind of expected to be that guy. Tom yeah. Brady came, came out of nothing and, and he became the GOAT. So I think that's, you know, why Brady is, is the GOAT over Manning. Just because he, he overcame so much throughout his career. Oh, for sure. You know, the, the craziest thing I always like to think about is like, what happens if there was no injury and Tom never got put in? Yeah. Yeah. Like a Bledsoe yeah. never got Bledsoe, hurt. Yeah. Like what happens with Tom? Like, does Tom ever get to play? Like he's a fifth round quarterback. Like they all, oh, well, we got our guy. Why do we need him? He could just go away. 
Yeah, exactly. And like we, we've seen, you know, pictures of Tom Brady at the combine and out of Michigan. Like he wasn't anything special. And like you said, would he have played if Bledsoe didn't get hurt? And it's, I don't know, it's, the answer is probably no. And I mean, like we saw Bledsoe got traded right after and they were automatically in on Tom Brady. But it's just crazy to see how, you know, situations like that happen. Yeah, that's like with any player, you know, you just got to take, like, like I've seen Tom say, once you get that chance, you have to give it everything you have. Otherwise, you may never get that chance again. Yeah. Like yeah. if Tom comes in and has a bad game, oh, we'll try a different quarterback out. He's not our guy. Yeah, exactly. But he, he came in and he, and he, you know, seized that opportunity and he made it work. So I, I don't know. I like our list, though. I like our top 10 a lot. Like we said, our, our top eight, nine, and then even our honorable mentions, we're all pretty much the same. I know there's kind of that elite level that everyone knows, you know, guys like Peyton, Brady, Montana, like it's, it's all the similar. It's just a matter of where you want to order them. So. Yeah. It's all on preference too. I mean, obviously everyone's wants their favorite players or their team's quarterback in this spot or that spot, or, you know, I, I, I'm a Steelers fan. Like what happens if, you know, say Joe Flacco turned out to be unreal. I wouldn't want to put Joe Flacco in my top four. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I j- just based off my preference. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's all, it's all preference, but this is both of our top tens. Yeah. So if you want to, we can maybe just run over it again one more time just so everyone kind of knows our our rankings here. I could go first. Uh, you yeah, know, I go got right Tom ahead. Brady out. Tom Brady at one, Peyton Manning at two, Joe Montana at three, Brett Favre at four, John Elway at five, Aaron Rodgers at six, Drew Brees at seven, Dan Marino at eight, and then Otto Graham. Uh, you know, I got John, Johnny Unitas, Roger Staubach, Joe Namath. All those guys are just, you know, kind of mixed together for my nine and ten spot. Yeah, I'll go through mine now. I got Brady at one, obviously. I got Peyton Manning at two, Joe Montana at three, John Elway at four, Drew Brees at five, Aaron Rodgers at six, Brett Favre at seven, Dan Marino at eight. I got Johnny Unitas at nine and Staubach at 10. And my honorable mentions, I, I throw in Big Ben, Steve Young, Autogram, any of those guys interchangeable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that was a great episode. I'm glad that we got to go over our top 10, kind of argue and talk a little bit about what's going on with the league and kind of where it's going yeah for sure um uh stay tuned for the next episode of in the game podcast where we will discuss some of the free agency this happenings this year you know it's been crazy oh it has been i mean just earlier today the patriots have made insane moves they got johnny smith judon like they're really utilizing that money this is something we haven't really seen before from the patriots yeah the patriots are really going all out yeah i know we kind of talked about this earlier i think that now this like Bill Belichick really has a chance to prove that because I know a lot of a lot of people are doubting him now saying oh it was just it was Brady but you know if, if Bill Belichick takes his team and wins I mean he has no excuse not to win at this point people are coming back from opting out as long as everyone's healthy uh Bill Belichick should have a 9-10 win team especially with having the the 15th overall pick in the draft you know they can draft a wide receiver there and anyone falls you know they got their tight end and Jonu they got they're adding oh, okay. weapons they're adding weapons you know I mean obviously the, they lock lost Joe Tooney, but I mean, they have Michael Onawenu who can easily slide in there and replace him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting. We know what the Patriots can do with, with the tight end. And I, I think that Johnny Smith is going to be my fantasy guy this year. I hope because Cam Newton loved Greg Olson and yeah. you know, we know that Patriots excel in, in the, or the tight ends. Excel in their tight ends right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's, it's going to be, I think Johnny could really, you know, have a good year this year as long as Cam, you know, kind of, plays at that high level again because at the beginning of the year kind of pre-covid he looked very good so 
And if you guys want to hear more about our free agency takes, tune into next episode and we'll see you then.